Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about Elimination Chamber, especially the main event, the Women's Elimination Chamber match. Who will face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 36? It's Shayna Baszler. Are you excited? Bully and I talk about it. Also, we get into Seth Rollins, the Monday Night Messiah. Are you ready for what's next with Seth Rollins? Also, we have my power rankings. And speaking of my power rankings, and possibly, don't want to spoil anything, possibly the top spot may be Randy Orton. We get Randy Orton Edge, and what are we going to see tonight on Monday Night Raw? Plus, at Elimination Chamber, we get the return of The Undertaker. We get into that as well. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Bully, let's dive right in. First of all, what did you think of the show last night? Um, I thought it had its moments. I thought that there was, I mean, I really, really liked the opening match, although I didn't think it should have been the opening match. Um, I really liked uh, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. Uh, Immediately watching these two guys uh, work with one another, fight one another, wrestle one another, they were laying their stuff in, and it reminded me of one of those old-school pro-wrestling Noah wrestling matches and for those of you who does who don't know noah was a wrestling promotion in japan uh started by a wrestler named misawa who wrestled in all japan and then he split and started noah and noah was known for a very very snug very real style of professional wrestling and when i saw db and gulak i was like wow these guys remind me of uh, of that company back in the day the, the problem with the match was, and, and I think problem is the wrong word, but it's the first one to come to mind, is I don't think anybody in Philadelphia thought Drew Gulak was going to win. And if you take a look at the second match, if you take a look at Andrade versus Umberto, they were actually more into Andrade versus Umberto than they were Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. And I believe Daniel Bryan and Gulak was maybe a better match just by a hair because of the physicality, but people were not as into it. And I think it's, they, they didn't think Gulak had a chance, but uh, for the, you know, for the most part, I, I enjoyed the, the first two matches very much and great showing for Drew Gulak. He um, had a, had a head of a hell of a hell of a match with Daniel Bryan, you know, Daniel Bryan went over, but I believe Gulak uh, got over. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Yeah, and, you know, time will tell because a lot of times we're talking about this bully about how this is going to be the stepping stone to something great and it kind of gets stalled. And hopefully that's not the case with Drew Gulak because that was really a showcase for him last night. And you mentioned those first two matches, and I think everyone would agree. Those first two matches, the first two matches on the main show, because we did have the the pre-show with the Viking Raiders, but... When you look at the first two matches on the main show, I think everybody would agree those were great matches. And I think the next two matches after that were very good. It's the last three matches that I probably had a problem with. So when I look at that pay-per-view last night, I thought the first half of that show was very good to great. And then I thought the second half of that show was was very, very mediocre. Do you agree? Um, I w- I'll get to that in a second. I want to go back to Drew Gulak for a second because I want to get your opinion and maybe even some of the nation's opinion when they call in a little bit later on. 
Uh, Gulak doesn't get a lot of time to shine on the main roster, correct? No. So last night we get to see him, and, and, and within that 10 to 12 minutes, you know, 15 minutes that he gets to wrestle, we're like, wow, this guy's a really good wrestler. I mean, yeah, you could catch him on 205 Live, but, you know, as many people are watching that right now as they're watching backstage. Uh, so Gulak, he's got the goods. I just think he's in the wrong company for his style. I think a guy like Drew Gulak would, would really flourish in a ring of honor, really flourish in a New Japan. What do you think? Well, I think they have an interesting story with Gulak on SmackDown as far as, like, he's trying to tell Daniel Bryan that there's holes in his game and that, you know, he could be better under his guidance. So I think they could follow up with something that's an interesting storyline between Gulak and Daniel Bryan if they continue the storyline. But as far I, I, I as understand a, that we've ahead, no, I understand that we've gotten them recently on SmackDown, but for the most part, they don't do anything with this guy. No, they don't. And now I have to see what's the fo- you always say this all the time, bully. What's the follow up? So you had the showcase last night. How are they going to follow up? The one bright thing about it is that it's SmackDown. It's really lacking stories, and it's Daniel Bryan. Those are two positives in Drew Gulak's favor. Now, I know we've been down this road before, but being that SmackDown isn't really highlighted with a lot of really good storylines that fans could sink their teeth into, and the fact that it's Daniel Bryan, one of the more popular superstars in the WWE, I'm interested to see how they follow this up on SmackDown Friday night. And I hope they do, because Gulak gave them something. I've Gulak's been good on the microphone. Everything that they have given to him, he's done a great job with. It just hasn't been enough. And then I see this guy's wrestling ability last night, which really came to the forefront against Daniel Bryan. And I was like, the guy's got the goods. Let's do something with him. Okay, let's not just let this guy sit on the back burner just because he's a wrestler. So, uh, like you said, the follow-up, hopefully uh, something happens for him. You asked me about the last three matches of the night. You mm-hmm. said you liked the beginning of the night. You didn't really like the end of the night. I'm going to jump right ahead to the main event, to the women's chamber. Um, I believe that I, on paper, I wonder what they were trying to accomplish with uh, Shayna Baszler waiting for so long to you know have the other women come out of the pod i understand that she defeated women so quickly that there is a bunch of time that expired but i don't think that time expiring did the live crowd any good do you agree or not completely agree um the crowd was dead now i will say this about the philly crowd the philly crowd was a little i mean as we'll probably get a lot of people to call in but i think that philly crowd to me was a little disappointing last night they weren't really vocal the whole night but especially those last three matches and like you're saying that main event from last night i gotta tell you philly in the past couple of years has not been the consistent Philadelphia for the WWE that we've come to know and love. And, I, and I, I'm not quite sure why it is. Maybe it's more Philadelphia. I mean, maybe it's more families than it is those more diehard, hardcore fans. I'm not talking about ECW fans. I'm talking about that, that, you know, that very, very loyal wrestling fan, much like a Chicago you know, Philly and Chicago, to me, are very similar when it comes to wrestling fans. I don't ever walk away from a show, uh, you know, in Chicago going, wow, the crowd was a little lackluster. Every once in a while, Philly, especially lately, has been odd. So waiting around at the end, uh, Dave, I got to tell you, if I had the pencil, I have no problem with Shayna beating the other women so quickly. But instead of her having stare downs with all of these other women's in the pods, I would have had her kicking the pods open, shattering the glass, headbutting the pods open, and just ripping the women, especially Liv, and especially uh, who was second? But was it Sarah Sarah Logan? Sarah Logan got eliminated pretty early, so I think it was, if I remember, it was with the last two: Natalia and Liv Morgan, or was it Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot before Oscar? Last- Oscar was last. So she was waiting on Liv Morgan. At least one of them, I would have had her just kick down the glass or the, or the plexiglass 
of the pod and rip, especially Liv Morgan, because it would have been perfect. Actually, it would have been more of a holy shit moment if she would have did it with Asuka, because watching her and Asuka yeah. go back and forth, making all of these goofy faces and noises at each other. I'm looking at Shayna Baszler, who's a legit badass, and here's Asuka, who can kick your freaking face in, and they're going, bleh, bleh, bleh. it just... I don't know. To me, it doesn't fit those women. Uh, so, yeah, I would have had Baser just destroying the pods, ripping women out of them, and then doing what you had to do. And on commentary, it would have been very easy to cover up. It would have been like, Shayna Baser is this legit, badass, crazy women who woman who bit the back of Becky Lynch's neck open and is shattering the glass in these pods just to get to these women even quicker. Yeah, I mean, I, I love your idea. Instead of having to wait around, and it wasn't good for the crowd because it was a, there were long periods of time where there was zero action, where Shayna's just sitting there, and like you said, with Asuka like, just yelling gibberish, like, you know, kind of being condescending. We, I want my Oscar to be the badass that we know that she can be, especially when she's in there with somebody like Shayna Baszler. That's like a fantasy matchup. It didn't come across that way last night. Here's There's multiple problems with that main event last night. One is that we didn't have the men's elimination chamber. Why? Because they already announced Roman Reigns and, and Goldberg. Even if they didn't announce it, you knew that's the way it was going to go. So why have an Elimination Chamber match? Because you know it's going to be Roman Reigns and Goldberg. It's the same thing here, Bully. They had the Elimination Chamber match, but you know it's going to be Shayna Baszler and Becky at WrestleMania. So there's really no reason to have that Elimination Chamber match. Now, I know it wasn't officially signed, it wasn't officially announced, but you know that's the way they were going. The other problem is, and this is no disrespect to the women that were involved in that match, there are women in that match that you had that you know had no chance of coming even close to beating a Shayna Baszler. The only one that would be close would be Asuka. And they really didn't have a story for Asuka and Asuka's tag team champions, even though I don't can't re, I can't even tell you when's the last time Kari Sane and Asuka defended those tag team championships, but I digress. There was nobody in that match that was a threat to Shayna Baszler. Absolutely not. And that match was designed to make Shayna Baszler look like this credible threat going into uh Mania against Becky. Um if 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 the powers that be think that last night was mission accomplished, then good for them. I don't look at last night thinking that Baszler is any more of a of a killer. One of the things that I thought that they should have did was, remember when she choked out Liv right in front of Asuka? Yes. Right in front of the pod? If you remember, the minute Liv went, you know, went limp and the ref rang the bell, Shayna was just sitting on the top rope. Looking at Asuka, she should have never stood up. She should have just remained in that seated position as if she just choked out Liv like it was no big deal, never took her eyes off of Asuka and just sat there and stared a death dagger through Asuka's eyes. Once you start standing up, you start making it all grandiose, you lose the moment of the intensity. Just sit there. Just let go of Liv and let her limp body just drop and just keep staring at Asuka. And let Asuka do all the crazy Asuka stuff in the pod. Don't mimic her. Don't say anything. Don't walk around. Just stare at her. Stare at her like a, like, like, like a lion in a cage. These are the little things that I would have done to bring out the realism and to really make Shayna look like this this unstoppable woman that maybe Becky Lynch is in over her head with. And you know what? Maybe it would have been better to even have Becky at ringside so you could see a bit of a stare down with Becky. Or if Becky came out with the title and they had a bit of a stare down instead of just seeing her in the back watching TV with that same look that she always has with the, with the, with the chin up and just that confident look, which is fine, but it didn't really play well to that live crowd. And that's the other thing, too, is that... 
I think it was an, an ill-advised move to put that match on last on the pay-per-view, especially when you're going to get an outcome that you knew was going to happen. I probably would have had that Elimination Chamber match earlier on in the show. And then what would you have put on last? I mean, you could, you could, maybe you could finish with Aleister Black and AJ Styles and finish with The Undertaker. At least have something with a little momentum as we get to WrestleMania 36. But having that Elimination Chamber match with no surprise, a typical outcome and a predictable outcome, it made the, you know, you always say it, Bully, you want to end on a high. That was a flat note to end the pay-per-view last night. And for a pay-per-view like Elimination Chamber, I don't think they care if they end it on a flat note. It's not one of their big four. It's not one of their more spectacular shows. If there's any show, any pay-per-view, that would be considered filler for the WWE, it's probably Elimination Chamber, right? Yeah, and I, I don't think a lot of people were expecting much. On paper, it wasn't a great pay- It probably overperformed than what I thought it was going to be like on the outset when you looked at it on paper. Listen, we never uh, you know, we never take this out on the wrestlers. All the wrestlers, they, they, they go out there and they bust their ass and they try their hardest and they put on their best possible performance. Uh, I, I, I don't think they should have opened up with Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan. You don't think they should have closed with uh, the women's elimination chamber. I don't think you can put AJ versus Aleister Black on last because the the implications or the repercussions of that match don't call for a main event. You just wanted it to be the main event because, you know, Taker came out. But how is anybody supposed to know that Taker's coming out? A little bit of suspension of disbelief there. I understood why they ended with the women's uh, chamber. I would have made that women's chamber match a very short chamber match by having Baszler destroy everybody in a quicker fashion and with her just breaking pods open and whipping the women out and really creating this this aura that Shayna Baszler might be better than the baddest woman on the planet. And you know what's funny is that watching that Elimination Chamber, the Women's Elimination Chamber match, it seemed to drag. I don't know about you, but it felt like it went on forever. The tag team elimination chamber match was actually 12 minutes longer than the women's elimination chamber match. And to me, that tag elimination chamber match went by quick. I mean, that was wall-to-wall nonstop action with a lot of different stories going on at one time. I can't believe when I look at the times that actually the women's elimination chamber match was about 12 minutes shorter than that match. You know damn well that Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, and Liv Morgan have no shot of winning. Therefore, it's just it that's why it feels a lot longer. There's no excitement, there's no anticipation. You're not saying, Oh my god, I can't wait till Sarah Logan gets in here. Oh my god, I can't wait to live. Ruby, a little bit of a different story. I think there's a I think there's a there's a good chance for, for Ruby. I really do, if they found the right thing for her to do. You know, I could almost see Ruby being the female version of like a CM Punk. I know Heyman likes Liv. I'm not quite sure what they have going on for for Sarah. But, you know, you, you say it felt like it dragged out because you knew none of them had a shot in hell of winning. So it comes down to what are they going to do with Natty? Well, it's Natty. She's been around forever. We got to shine her up a little bit. And then we got to get to Asuka. So that's that's my take Great effort by all the women, no doubt. They tried their hardest, but there were just little things in that match that I would have done a lot different. And if I was the agent of the or the producer of that match, I would have had the women do a lot different. If you want to feel fresh, look good, and smell clean, you don't need a whole makeover or a lot of cold, hard cash. Thank God, because everyone knows I suffer from lack of funds. You just need grooming products from Bravo Sierra, the company that makes simple, All U.S. made, non-toxic products everyone can afford. Bravo Sierra's line of body and hair wash, deodorant, shaving cream, sunscreen, body wipes, and moisturizer are field tested by those who work at the hardest, active service members of the U.S. military. They have pioneered an unprecedented large-scale testing program with 1,000 active duty service members with the simple idea. If the products work for them, they will work for all of us. But it doesn't stop there. Bravo Sierra also gives back 5% of their sales to programs that help the military 
and their families. Men's Health Magazine calls it a game-changing grooming line. Try the Bravo Sierra Starter Set for free. It's three of the best-selling products, full size. You only pay $6.95 for shipping for a limited time only. Just go online to bravosierra.com slash SiriusXM. That's bravosierra.com slash SiriusXM for your free starter kit. Do you think the fans are hyped for Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch in Tampa? Uh, we would definitely have to ask the Becky and Shayna fans, but after last night, I don't think I'm more looking forward to it. I don't I don't think that let me ask you this. Going back from the night she showed up and bit her in the back of the neck and then on the screen last night, blah blah. Have they done anything to get you amped up for this match? No, I I, I think key, was- wait, Dave, keyword, they. Have they done anything? Has creative done anything to get you hyped up for this match? No. Has Becky? No. I disagree. Becky cut a promo and put it out on social media the other day. And it was just Becky talking like Becky. And once again, she did a phenomenal job on her own. And that's the Becky Lynch we need to see on TV every week. When I watched that, but when she was doing her makeup in the mirror, and then she decided to just start riffing off the top of her head and cutting a promo, I'm like, yep, that's it. That's the woman I want to hear from. That's the woman who can get me invested. I like what you did there, Bully, because you said they, and then you said Becky. Because Becky on Raw hasn't done anything for me to get excited about this match at WrestleMania 36. But you mentioned, and this sounds like a broken record, but it feels like we've had this discussion before. Becky on social media is doing more to get you excited for a match than Becky on a three-hour Monday Night Raw. And that's because of they and her. They are, like, I got to tell you, man, like her coming out with the crown on last week and the robe and then this and then that. It's like, for me, it's just, it feels like a disconnect and Becky lovers will try to defend it until the end. I just, I, I, I don't get it. It doesn't feel right. But then all of a sudden Becky cuts her own promo, does her own thing on social media, on her Twitter. And I'm like, yes, that's it. You got me. Hook is in my mouth. Now reel me in. And you've said it before, like you know enough from Becky Lynch, and now we see it uh, even like with her social media, that she can do it on her own. I'm sure Becky has some ideas about how she feels she can get the crowd hyped up for a match at WrestleMania 36. It's just not playing on Monday Night Raw. So you got the Becky aspect of it, because I agree. I don't like the whole crown and the robe and and the sunglasses. It just doesn't really do anything for me, especially when you look at the story that we saw last year leading to WrestleMania 35. But then you look at the Shayna Baszler. And again, as you always say, it's not the wrestler's fault. It's creative fault. And that's especially the, the case when you look at Shayna Baszler. Because I think the Shayna Baszler that we saw on NXT... We would love to see in the ring with Becky Lynch. The Shayna Baszler that we've seen so far since she's made the move to Raw just hasn't really done anything for me. And in the case like we saw last night in the main event, it's been flat. I would say that creative at NXT is much more in tune with who Shayna Baszler is than creative on the main roster. Yes. I think Triple H did a phenomenal job of letting Shayna Baszler be the badass and the legit cage fighter, and probably the only one who could rip your heart out of your chest like Ronda Rousey can, and they ran with it. I see confusion in Shayna's eyes on the main roster. I used confusion a couple weeks ago when talking about her, and last night I saw a bit of confusion. Like, watching her stand around and wait, it's almost like she didn't know what to do with herself. She didn't know how to occupy the time. She didn't know how to command that downtime with some type of entertainment. Even if she would... Listen, I said she should have busted the pods open. Even if she would have just sat there on the top rope or she would have just paced back and forth in front of Liv's uh in front of Liv's uh pod and then Oscar's pod just do that just look like 
a a predator just waiting on their prey. But no, we got this weird uncomfortableness because it felt uncomfortable for us waiting around. Hey, me, you, and Mark were texting about it last night. Yeah, Mark was like, oh, my God, the, 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 you know, the, the, this is too long. And we were all agreeing. On paper, they were like, let's just have Shayna kill people so quick that the pods, you know, stay closed for the allotted time. But, man, you're bringing people really down in that time. Have this girl kick some doors open. And here's the other thing is the facial expressions that we're able to see on TV, the crowd in Philly last night could not see. So even if that was something that you thought was good, it's not going to translate to a live crowd. And that live crowd was dead. I mean, it was completely silent during that matchup last night. If you got a crowd that was hot and was cheering and maybe chanting Asuka's name, then that would have been a completely different story. But that's not the case of what we saw. And I actually feel bad because I think Shayna Baszler has done all she can. But they decided to go with the bike to the back of the neck. Uh, Becky sold it for a day. She did press conferences the next day with a little bandage on the back of her neck. But she came back the same night and called out Becky, uh, called out Shayna. So, you know, that same night, that story was dead. You went the lengths of going to something that I thought was ridiculous, but they killed it within the same show. And then you get what we had last night with Shayna, where she kicks everybody's ass that's in that Elimination Chamber match, and they show Becky in the back, and she has not one glimpse of fear in her eye. So unless they could do something over the next three weeks to get you excited for it, I can't see this match doing a lot at WrestleMania 36. And uh, it's, it's interesting because it feels like Charlotte and Rhea has more steam as of this very moment than Becky and Shayna. Agreed. Agreed. Because I don't buy the cocky Becky like I buy the cocky Charlotte because we know what Becky can really be and that human side to Becky. And it almost like she has a mask on now. It's not really her. So I buy that side. And then Rhea Ripley is the fan favorite. People love Rhea Ripley. She's part of NXT, and she's jumping into another world, getting that opportunity at WrestleMania. Uh, You're talking about cocky Becky. Jumping on out to the Twitter machine real quick. Wrestling fan forever. He says, I can't wait to see Shayna beat Becky's cocky, arrogant, pompous ass all up and down the arena, and take that championship from Becky. She's coming across in a, in a way that I don't think is resonated with some fans. But also, too, as Shayna Baszler, who's that legit ass kicker, has she talked a lot of trash? Is she going to matches that Becky are having and just laying down and pretending like this is not going to be that big of a deal? I mean, she's really proving herself. She's going out there, and any obstacle you put in front of her, she's knocking it down. So it's 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 really hard right now to translate this with Becky Lynch. Now, a lot of people are behind Becky Lynch. As you know, Bully, she is extremely popular. She probably sells a hell of a lot of merchandise as well. It's just that with this particular personality and character, it's hard to get behind her. Now, everybody says it's the confident Becky, but there's a difference between being confident and then being cocky. And right now she's being a cocky SOB, kind of like a Conor McGregor. And that doesn't translate to somebody that I want to get behind and cheer for. It it ain't rocket science, Dave. I totally understand. It was so easy to get behind Becky going into WrestleMania where the three women main evented. Now it feels like a struggle because I don't feel like what they are giving her is the real Becky. After seeing Becky's promo uh, on social media the other day, I'm once again reminded that Becky Lynch understands Becky Lynch like no other person understands Becky Lynch. So when I have that in a talent, hopefully... As a creative person, as a booker, an owner, whatever, I'm like, let me just let this person go. They know what they're doing. But unfortunately, in the WWE, that's not going to happen. 
Go, let's go back to what Lita said on the show last week about feeling handcuffed and not being able to go out there and do what you do. Let's take Matt Hardy, for instance. Yeah. You know, Matt Hardy is going to show up somewhere and take his uh, broken gimmick and, in a way, make the WWE regret ever, you know, not coming to terms with him. The same way Cody has. Could you imagine if Becky's deal was up next week? Could you imagine taking the, you know, the, the Becky Lynch uh, that we know and love that was going into WrestleMania and bringing that to an AEW or another company and allowing her just to be the, the woman that the, that the people love? I, I just think, Bully, like when you hit a certain amount – and here, this is – with the Matt Hardy, we can we can have a discussion about it because Matt got himself over in that character outside the WWE. Becky has done it within the confines of the WWE. So I think once you hit a certain amount of success like Becky has, I think you almost have to give, them, give her the keys. Say, you know what, Becky? You got over. You're at the top of the mountain. I see you on social media. We love your ideas. Here you go. Take the ball and run with it. We're not going to touch you. Go. Do your thing. And they're not letting her do that. And this is why Steve Austin will be hosting Raw again on March 16th. And we just saw that. And I get it's 316. I totally get it. But you know what? There's a house show at Madison Square Garden. Tickets aren't selling well. So what are they doing? It's a DX reunion. You know, we just saw an NWO reunion on SmackDown on Friday. Come on, guys. We're just a few weeks from WrestleMania, and you're trotting out Stone Cold Steve Austin, the NWO. I know they're going into, you know, they're, they're Hall of Famers and everything. NWO, DX. Now we saw The Undertaker last night, and you got Becky Lynch that everybody loves. Give her the ball and let her run with it, man. Come on now. When I had put out that tweet about Goldberg winning and telling fans, uh, if you're angry about this, you just don't get it, people took that as if I was happy that Goldberg won, or I thought it was good for the younger guys that Goldberg won. I'm just saying that I understand it from the business point of view heading into WrestleMania. And as I said in the tweet, it's WrestleMania season, kiddies. I, I'm not a fan of it when it comes to constantly relying on the older talent, the veteran talent, the Hall of Fame talent. Because one day is going to come along where you cannot rely on that Hall of Fame talent anymore. That's right. I mean, when will Becky Lynch have the opportunity to be Steve to get to the same level as Steve Austin did? When will Roman have the same opportunity to get to the same level that The Rock did? When will anybody get the same opportunity that the NWO did or any of these guys? Why, why was the sky the limit for Austin and Rocky and Hunter and Taker and, and Cactus and... Uh, Hardy's Dudley I mean so many acts but now nope how come Roman is not at the same level as everybody else Seth Becky Charlotte they're all the biggest names in the WWE but they don't even come close to what those other stars were able to accomplish Dave last night after Elimination Chamber was off the air I watched the FCW special that I that I absolutely loved um, and then I actually started watching the um, the Brock special uh, uh, from uh, the Ruthless Aggression, the mm-hmm. new Brock episode. I didn't finish it, but I got to the part where it was Brock versus Rock from SummerSlam. What was that, 2002? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, holy crap, this is awesome. Look at what Rock is doing for Brock, and look at how that propelled Brock into superstardom. Nobody is being given the opportunity to be propelled into superstardom in the WWE. I think if they gave Becky the ball and let her kind of just run the ship for herself, 
I think Becky Lynch would be a name that everybody would know. I could go outside on 49th Street here in Manhattan and go up to 10 people, and 9 out of those 10 people know who Becky Lynch is. That's not the case right now. Obviously, wrestling fans know Becky, but the mainstream fa- mainstream people, mainstream press, mainstream media does not know. They should know. They should know Becky. They should know Roman. They should know Seth. They should know Charlotte. And not as Ric Flair's daughter, but Charlotte. These names should be held in high regard, and they're not, and it's a shame. And once again, they're relying on the legends as we get closer and closer to WrestleMania 36. And you want to call me an AEW mark? Fine. But the way AEW did Jake the Snake Roberts, that's the way you do it because that's putting somebody over. We're going to find out who that is. If they're not putting Jake the Snake Roberts in the ring to wrestle, like we're going to see with Goldberg or like we're going to see with The Undertaker. Right now, when you talk about people like Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins or The Fiend or Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch, those are all performers in the WWE. When you talked about Steve Austin, you just talked about Steve Austin. When you talked about The Rock, you just talked about The Rock. Because they were bigger than the WWE at the time. And that's what the WWE does not want happening anymore. Nobody gets bigger than the company. You only get as big as we want you to. And two days ago, uh, I came across a couple of guys that recently were working for the WWE. And we had a we had a really good discussion. And they were like, Bubba, you know this. They just won't let anybody do what they think they can do. They won't let the talent be talented. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM. No car requirement. The landscape of pro wrestling has changed. So it's only fitting that we change along with it, even our rankings. It's amazing how these people just side with you. Welcome to the new and improved Dave LaGreca Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. Let's see who's up. Yes! Yes! And who's down. From Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, and the rest of the world of pro wrestling in this week's Dave LaGreca Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. All right, Bully, for you, I'll make this quick and painless because there's a lot to get into on a Monday morning. But I have a feeling you might like the Power Rankings, but knowing you, you probably won't. But here we'll go. At number five, Bully, is somebody that we've been talking a lot so far on today's edition of Busted Open. It's Oscar in the clutches of Baszler. Oscar starting to fade. He's gone. He's gone. Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler's going to WrestleMania. Shayna Baszler gnaws her way towards the man at WrestleMania. She gnaws her way to WrestleMania. They just can't let it go. All right? It was a bomb. It flopped. All right? Let it go. Stop with the biting and the gnawing. Please. Why? Just tell up. Dear God. Number five, Shayna Baszler. Let's go to number four, tag team bully. So I know it's right up your alley. Into the corner of Dawkins with the splash. Tag made by Ford. Sense of urgency for the Street Profits. Oh, no. Time to cash out from the heavens. Cover. Oh, a Street oh. Profits win. Street Profits bully on Monday win the tag titles, and then they defend them last night at the Elimination Chamber. Big week for the Street Profits. Now, before I get into the top three spots... And I want to get your take about this, Bully, when the power rankings are over. I actually think you can make a case that number three is number one or number two is number one. I mean, these are interchangeable. So it's almost like 1A, 1B, 1C. But at number three is how Monday Night Raw started this past Monday.
McIntyre is hell-bent on winning the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. To quote the great Jerry Lawler, what? Drew McIntyre at number three, which is probably going to be your main event at WrestleMania 36 in Tampa. At number two, we're going to go to somebody that I don't expect is ever going to wrestle again. And it's from AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday. I'm not here to praise you. I'm here to slay you. The only reason I'm here is I have a client. The dark side will be coming to AEW. Jake the Snake Roberts at number two, just magic on the microphone. And whoever this client is going to be is somebody we're anxiously awaiting. So awesome job by Jake Roberts. But number one, Bully, and I think this has been a common thread throughout the last few weeks especially it's somebody that we're definitely going to see in the ring and it's somebody we're going to see in the ring in a significant match at wrestlemania 36 especially after what he did this past monday truth hurts don't it And at number one, Randy Orton. So my power rankings on March 9, 2020. At number five, Shayna Baszler. At number four, the Street Profits. At number three, Drew McIntyre. At number two, Jake the Snake Roberts. And at number one, Randy Orton. Your thoughts? Drew should be at one. Randy should be at two. Jake should be at three. Can't argue. Like I said, you. I, I think you can move any one of those pieces and make a case why they should be won. Um, Your top three guys, nobody won a match. No. So it's about the moments that they created. And I don't think this, and this is the power ranking, so I don't think there was anything more powerful than what Drew was able to do to the Beast, just dropping them left and right and just ragdolling them with that Claymore. Uh, Randy... What a powerful moment laying out Beth and then Jake with that incredibly powerful promo. I'll take the phys- I'm taking the physicality uh, this week over the promo. I could understand why people would think that Jake would be higher, but I think you got to go Drew, Randy, Jake. And, the thing- and I would put Shayna ahead of the Street Profits. And, and you know what? You can make that case too. I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You're not taking talking about the Street Profits from last night. You're talking about their championship win, right? And, and, you, and you could couple that with the with the win from last yeah. night after after yeah, yeah. the championship nope. win. Um, for. But you know what? Like, it was it was a tough power rankings for me to do because of what you just said, Bully. You look at one, two, and three the, – you're not talking about a match here. You're not talking about a championship win. You're not talking about a title change. And you're not talking about a match. But those three moments, I think, are the three moments we spoke the most about last week. I mean, coming off uh, on Tuesday after Monday Night Raw, all we talked about was Orton and Drew McIntyre. And on Thursday after AEW Dynamite, what we mostly talked about was the promo from Jake the Snake Roberts. Three incredible moments this past week, and none of them came from a match. It's all about the moments we create, and those three people created some great moments this, this past week. And I'm looking forward to see all three of them uh, especially looking forward to tonight because we get the return of Edge tonight, which I'm not sure was completely planned. I wonder if that was a last-minute decision. How do you feel about seeing Edge tonight? I don't like it. Um, you and I discussed that a lot, and you you said that, hell, I wouldn't mind if you didn't see him until we got to WrestleMania 36. I kind of said, you know what, let's wait till that last Monday Night Raw before WrestleMania 36? I mean, all these chapters have been fantastic. Why have Edge come back tonight? Now, who knows what's going to happen? Like, you know, it could completely change what our thoughts were going to be. But the problem I have, too, is the fact that he's being advertised. Like, I, I don't like the fact he's being advertised for Monday Night Raw. To me, it's just like, what's next for Randy Orton? And if Edge appears, Edge appears to defend his wife. You would expect him to. But I just don't like the fact that there's like an advertisement for the return of Edge after his attack and what he did to Beth last week. Much like you, I'm not really on board with seeing Edge right now. However, if I had the pencil, here's what I would do. 
This is not an original idea. I've seen this done once before, but oh my God, did it work like a charm. Dave, do you remember Shane Douglas and Pitbull Gary Wolf? I do. Gary Wolf, Pitbull number one, whatever, was in that halo. It's not a neck brace, folks. It's a full-blown shoulder and neck harness with steel drilled into your skull to keep your neck straight. And uh, he was on the shelf for a month. I'm sorry, for a year. And he shows back up to the ECW arena and Shane Douglas grabs a hold of the halo and starts shaking him back and forth. And you heard an, uh, a collective gasp come out of 1,200 people in the ECW arena, the, the, the likes of which I don't think I've ever heard before. They have an opportunity with Edge and Randy Orton to recreate a moment like that. If I get that tonight, I'm on board. If I get something similar to that, I'm on board. That's what I would do. I need to see Edge show up tonight because he's protecting his wife. Dave, if you were in a neck brace, if both of your arms were broken, if both of your legs were broken, you'd find a way to get into a wheelchair and wheel your way to whatever dude did your wife harm, right? Absolutely. No matter what condition that you were in. So I want to see Edge show up tonight in really banged up and bad condition, saying... I have no business being here. I have no business being out of my house. I have no business being out of my bed. But I'll be damned if you're going to treat the mother of my children the way you did. And if we see if we see uh, Edge in a, even just a neck brace, in a collar, and have Randy Orton rip that collar off and go to do it again, and now maybe somebody makes the save. Something to that effect. That's the moment that needs to be recreated. Shane Douglas and Gary Wolf. Give me that, and that is next level storytelling. I agree with you. And you you mentioned the you know Pitbull, Gary Wolf, and Shane Douglas. And I mean, you're going over 20 years ago when that took place. Why not? Please, please do something that's similar to that. Crowd was rabid for that, and I think it would be similar for Edge. I mean, look how this story is taking place now. I know it's being more condensed because this is going to be a match at WrestleMania 36, but let's leave a little bit of doubt here. Can Edge actually perform in this match? I'm wondering what kind of edge we're going to see tonight. I wonder if you're going to see Edge in a brace. I wonder if Edge is going to charge Randy Orton. I wonder if somebody's going to stop this. More than ever before, I cannot wait for Monday Night Raw tonight. This is one of those few times where I'm eagerly anticipating what's going to take place. So if that was the goal of the WWE, kudos to the WWE, because this is a must-watch edition of Monday Night Raw just based on, has nothing to do with what took place at Elimination Chamber last night, has all to do with Edge and Randy Orton. If you see Edge come back tonight and he's 100%, that's a big F you, isn't it? Yes. I do not want to see this guy at 100. I don't even want to see him at 50%. I want to see a guy that's banged up and broken down whose neck is in a compromised way. You bring this guy back with an entrance and a run-in and physicality, everything that they built up with Randy Orton now goes completely by the wayside. Everything that Randy did to Edge, did to Matt, did to Beth, it's all gone. I don't want to see Edge get his hands on Randy Orton tonight. I I have no problem with seeing Adam Copeland defend his wife's honor tonight. I'm on board with that. And I get it. Because that's what any man would do no matter how banged up they were. But I want to see Randy Orton take advantage of that situation. I want to see Randy Orton rip that neck brace off. I want to see Randy Orton. I want to see the implied intent. I want to see him go to cave in Edge's skull and neck again. And maybe now Beth comes out and makes the save. Or somebody else comes out and makes the save. You know, we were bitching and complaining about how, you know, 
Orton took it to Edge, and Edge didn't have one friend to help him. Not a referee, not a security guard, not a wrestler, not a nobody. Same thing with Matt Hardy. Now's the time to send the cavalry. You got to do something. Because if Edge, because if Randy caves in Edge's head again, I don't know how Edge makes it to WrestleMania. The intent has to be there, though. This has to be like a Rocky moment. This has to be like Rocky Two, where Beth is telling Edge, "You can't do it. You cannot. You can't do it. You can't have this." I don't know if they have enough time to tell this story. That's the problem. We only have a few Monday Night Raws before we reach Tampa at WrestleMania 36. But this has got to be a case where Beth is begging Edge not to get into the ring because you 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 lost your career once. You're gonna lose it again. You can't do it. You can't win, Rock. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Am I right, though, Bully? Like, it has to be that type of situation. That's the story they're going to have to tell this month before we reach Tampa Bay. I want to see every roadblock put in front of Edge and have him overcome every single one of those roadblocks I just to see him get to WrestleMania and do maybe do that un- unsanctioned match. Because that would make sense. Because I don't know who would clear WWE. Why would they clear him? If we want to blur the lines here, look at how look at how stringent they were with Daniel Bryan. Right, took years and years yep. and years to clear him, and and Edge was gone for nine years, and now he comes back, and after you know two nights, all of a sudden he's back right where he started from, where his neck. What doctor in WWE is going to clear him? Nobody. But it's WrestleMania, and Edge wants the match, and his lawyers, you know, got the clearance, and they signed paperwork. Yada yada. There's a way to go about this, and you can tell a great story. I'm I'm invested. As of right now, I am 100% invested in Randy Orton and Edge. I'm hoping tonight they don't uninvest me by having Edge come back at 100%. I, I, I really want to think that... The minds there, and when I talk to minds, I'm talking about one, and I'm talking about Paul. I know Paul would never, ever, ever bring back Edge at 100% tonight. This is one of those where you're dangerous as of a major uh, major hole in the storyline. There's the possibility of that tonight. I hope it doesn't happen, but there is that possibility tonight, Bully. If they go the Shane Douglas, Gary Wolf route, they are going in a great direction like what you're hearing catch busted open live monday through saturday from 9 a.m to noon eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 or on demand with the sirius xm app after watching that match last night bully i think i'd rather see the tag match than aj and undertaker straight up and you want to know why it's because of alistair black there's Aleister Black. Aleister Black is fantastic. I loved Aleister Black's entrance at last year's WrestleMania. And Aleister Black, after getting the win against AJ Styles, deserves a WrestleMania match. And I don't know how much we're going to get from The Undertaker. Why not have it a tag match? Listen, Taker and Roman versus, I forgot who they faced at Extreme Rules. That was a good tag match. Who would you have, though? Would it be like a three-on-two match? Because it is Absolutely. the OC. Why not? Absolutely. So the OC. Three-on-two. The, the OC against Undertaker and Aleister Black. No doubt about it. And now Taker can just play his hits. The spotlight just doesn't have to be on him. He doesn't have to do, you know, he doesn't have to do all the work. And the most important part of the entire segment is Aleister Black getting the rub of all rubs getting to share the ring and be partners with the undertaker at wrestlemania because alistair black just fits that perfectly so why not use it you're not going to get alistair black and undertaker and aj and undertaker i get it like we're seeing the story play out aj was throwing the undertaker's name out there in promos but alistair black after getting that win last night I want, I want to see AJ and Aleister Black in the ring again. So why not do it in a tag match? Pretty damn. I would love to, I would love to see AJ versus Aleister in like a last man standing type of match. Something violent. But uh, as far as WrestleMania is concerned, I'm all about Aleister and the dead man 
uh, teaming together. And could you imagine Taker and Alistair doing the entrance together? Oh, my gosh. Taker doing out like Taker coming out and all of a sudden out of nowhere Alistair's coffin rising right next to Taker cool cool moment it would be an amazing visual and you know what like we talked a lot about well specifically I have talked a lot about Sting and the Undertaker and when it comes to that match how great it would be when it came to the entrances but how great would that entrance be with Undertaker and Aleister Black? That would be something would. special. That would be a WrestleMania moment, to be quite honest. And listen, hey, you want to get crazy? How about Sting, Taker, and Black versus the Oh, OC? God. What do you want me to wet my pants? I didn't bring a change of underwear with me. Come on. You can't throw that out there. You, you like you, What, do you like that? You're going to wet your pants? Yeah. You know. Oh, dear God. What are you going to do? Wet your pants after you go sleepy time bobos? You love the sleepy time bobos. Fans love the sleepy time bobos. You're tired. You go sleepy time bobos. It's over. They love making it got funny over. about that. All right. But you know what? I, you I see don't... the guy on social media this morning? What guy on social they, media? I they, love how they, you they... just throw out the guy on social media. There's a million people on social media. The guy. The video I posted. The video I posted. He I didn't see that. You think I'm, not, I'm not on Twitter. I'm doing the show with you. You think I can focus on two things at once? I'm on Twitter all the time. Don't know how to use it, but I'm on it. But not when I'm doing the show with you. Play with your Twitter a lot. <laughs> Is that what you call it? Yeah. You, you, you play with your Twitter. Is that a what lot. the kids call it nowadays? You, you twit, you're twitting. You're twitting. You tweet your Twitter. And we're good. That Sting, Alistair Black, and The Undertaker. That'd be a hell of a little pop, huh? Gotta change my underwear after that one. You're, you're, you're a filthy, disgusting human being. <laughs> I'm just being honest with the nation. What else tickled your uh, Twitter last <laughs> night from the uh, from the uh, from the old elimination chamber? Not a lot. <laughs> not, <laughs> not like that. Um, no, I mean, I, I. Th- well, let's get into really quick Andrade and Berto. Do you agree with me when I say that it feels like we've been down that road a thousand times? And if Umberto isn't able to beat Andrade, then you know maybe it's time to move on. And where do you and where do you move on with Andrade and Umberto? See, seriously, like that means I agree, <laughs> right? I mean, doesn't it feel like we've seen that like a thousand times on Monday Night Raw? Yes. And you can only get that beautiful analysis right here. I'm busting open. <laughs> really, I, I don't have a lot to say. It was a good match. It was exciting. Okay, It was an exciting match. It was a good match. I liked it. All right, what, what's next? You know? I, 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 that's a great question. I don't know what is next. All right, really quick, because I do want to get to the nation, because there's a lot of people that want to talk about last night's show. Street Profits, Seth Rollins, and Murphy. Street Profits retained their Raw Tag Team Championship titles. What are they doing with Seth Rollins and Murphy? And I guess this is just leading up to a Seth Rollins-Kevin Owens match at WrestleMania 36. Uh, Once again, they cannot let a babyface tag team just go out there and win something on their own. Had to have Kevin Owens as the distraction for the other guys to go over. And yes, Rollins versus Owens for WrestleMania. I get it. I would have loved to have seen the Street Profits just win. Give them a strong victory, a strong title retention. And then when it's all over, here comes Kevin Owens. You can get your stunner. You can do your popcorn, have fun, blah, blah, blah. But if you're really watching, it's like, well, if Kevin if Kevin Owens wouldn't have come down and caused a major distraction, would the Street Profits have went over? You're always scratching your head. Yeah. But the reason they do this is because they don't want anyone to lose. And obviously, they don't want to keep the tag team titles on Seth Rollins and Murphy. So why put them on it, you know, put it on them to begin with? Because there was something to do for that night. Exactly. And that's what it feels like. So now you got Seth Rollins, who to me, Bully, unless there's something I'm not seeing, he just seems like a fish out of water. Like, 
we talked about him as a babyface wasn't working and there was really no, not a lot of backbone to his promos and that it just seemed to go nowhere. There was there there was no like aggression to his words that he was speaking. And now he's this Monday Night Messiah that this storyline ain't going over easy because, first of all, there's no story to begin with. He just made himself the Monday Night Messiah. He got a couple of disciples. But, man, this story's going nowhere. It's crazy. We're talking about Seth and his his lack of storytelling ability. It's not his lack of storytelling ability. It's probably what he's being handed. Conversely, I watched Seth last night on that FCW Network special. He was one of the standout guys to me. I loved the stories that Seth told last night about FCW and working with Dusty and working his way through the ranks. He is a good speaker. And this is happening time and time again in the WWE. I'm seeing a lot of the guys and gals being allowed to speak in like their natural habitats, their natural environments, just say what comes off the top of their head. And I'm so much more invested in what they have to say than any of these promos, these canned promos that they're cutting. By the, by the way, bad job by the WWE last night. When that match was over with the Street Profits, Murphy, and Seth Rollins, like you have Seth Rollins as the Monday Night Messiah yelling at the crowd and, and all upset, and then it cut to commercial with Seth Rollins from that mini-documentary for the network on FC uh, on FSW. It's like, what are you doing? Wait, what's could you could you throw a little buffer in there? I mean, it 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 went from Seth Rollins, the Monday Night Messiah, directly to Seth Rollins in a documentary about FS, uh, FCW. One minute here's mean heel Seth, and the next second here's nice Seth sitting down telling us a story. Like, do they not think these things out before they do it? I think they sit in their room and they say, "Ha ha ha! How can we piss off Lagreca today?" It's not even just LaGreca. I think it's their fan base. But seeing Seth Rollins in that documentary, just like you said, how is that helping getting his character, the Monday Night Messiah, over with the crowd? They don't look at it that way. They look at it that Seth Rollins talking about his time in FCW, and it's not the same Seth Rollins we're seeing in the ring portraying the Monday Night Messiah. Dude, the Monday Night Messiah had legs. I would have loved to have seen him have his 12 disciples. I would have loved to have seen them go completely biblical with this. Listen, AOP, whatever. First of all, AOP, where are they? What are they doing? What what is, I mean, mean, and then you had Buddy Murphy, who's now just Murphy. Like, they'll probably have AOP work with the Street Profits. That's a way to keep the story going where, like, at least Seth Rollins' guys are trying to avenge the losses. But, like, AOP is such garnish, it's not even funny. But, but Bully, and again, I compare this to the Straight Edge Society with CM Punk. Another, I'm not comparing it to a storyline outside of the WWE. I'm comparing it to a storyline within the WWE with the with with Straight Edge Society with CM Punk. What a great story! What a great build! And then it, ultimately, it was CM Punk trying to go after Jeff Hardy, who had all those demons about him. Awesome story leading to a championship match where CM Punk ultimately became the champion. Awesome foundation. With Monday Night Messiah, there is no foundation. It's like, all right, Seth Rollins isn't working as a babyface. Let's turn him heel. No reason why. Let's just do it. And now you have this foundation, which there is none. And then Seth Rollins, where is this leading to? Is it leading to a championship match? No. It's leading to a match between him and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 36. There's no rhyme or reason for it. There's no story behind it. There's absolutely no foundation with absolutely no goal. And by the way, all they do is lose. And then you wonder why nobody's into the story. Couldn't agree more. Not many people mean anything. And that's why we can't get behind it. That's why we can't get as as invested in it as we want to get. 
I, I know why I'm invested in other characters in other shows on other nights. I know why I'm invested in The Fiend. I know why I'm invested in Otis. I know why I'm invested in... Randy and Alice. Edge. Absolutely, Randy and Edge. Nobody has my attention more than Randy and Edge. And I'll say this. Alistair Black, when he first started, really had my attention. Then they cooled him off. And now it feels like they might be heating him up again. But And, and I don't want to hear there's only room for so many. If you're going to call them superstars, have a story for everybody. I mean, you, you, are you going to tell me you have a, a, a group of creative people that work for you and they can't come up with a better story for Seth Rollins than, than the one that's being played out right now? See, here's the thing that we don't know. Maybe creative is doing a fantastic job of coming up with a lot of great ideas for everybody in the company, but then it's getting to the final filter and the final filter is shooting it all down. And that being Vince McMahon. And I, that is stuff that I have seen with my own eyes. I've seen a lot of people, a lot of big brains in the WWE come up with some really great ideas only to become very frustrated because it was shot down for whatever reason was given that day. I just wish that, and like you said, man, you look at Seth Rollins and where he was and what a character and personality is, and like you said, seeing him talking about FCW and knowing what there is with Seth Rollins, and then looking at this this story, the Monday Night Messiah, he's got his disciples. Here's, a, here's an opportunity to have 12 disciples. Well, who would want who right right now? What disciple would want to follow Seth Rollins, especially same seeing people, same people who want to join the Dark Order, people that feel left out, and it's an easy story to do within the WWE because Seth could reach out to those who do you feel like you've been left behind in this company? Do you feel like this company has wronged you? Do you feel like this company has forgotten about you? Do you feel like this company hasn't given you what you've earned or think you deserve? I know how you feel, my brothers and sisters. Come with me. Come to the Monday Night Messiah, and I will take care. I will heal you. It's so easy. And to see 12 disciples of South Rollins? Oof. Six men, this six women. This is off women. the top of my... Exactly. Six men, six women. Exactly. What a great visual that would be. What a great group that would be. And to, and then to see them all one day sitting at the table, the long table, you know, as if it was the Last Supper or Last Supper-esque. All this stuff is, it, it would work. And that's where I thought, especially with the, the T-shirt, like the stained glass, Jesus-looking T-shirt, and, you know, the disciples, and even though they should have been the uh, apostles of pain, but what do I know? I like it. You could still do that, but it doesn't Listen, look like I, they're I going hope... that way because we're four weeks away from WrestleMania 36. Do me a favor, WWE creative. I know you're listening. Do the whole 12 disciples with Seth Rollins, please. And and could you have him win? Because nobody wants to follow a loser. This is the guy who who beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 35. Build up a little momentum with the guy for crying out loud. Guy got embarrassed last night. Popcorn dumped on him by Kevin Owens. No, that was Buddy Murphy. Yeah, whatever. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.